And hello, everyone. Welcome back inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Football on the Run. Yes, we've made the official move from the short sleeve summer polo shirt to the long sleeves here. And we've also loaded up this week's show for you. We have three conference games to get into. We have three stars of the week. We have a very special guest interview. We have stats to chat about. And, of course, we'll look ahead to what's coming up on tap this weekend, including a preview of this weekend's big ESPN3 broadcast. But first, let's take you back through the week that was with our top headlines. We start with the pick six. We start with our ESPN3 game of the week. The Stonehill Skyhawks making their debut in NEC play against the Duquesne Dukes on a rainy Saturday afternoon at WB Mason Stadium in Easton, Massachusetts. And it's Interesting how the schedule worked out. Like in the NFL, the Houston Texans, their first game in franchise history was against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns, their first game back in 99 was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have a matchup with a program steeped in history and tradition against the new kids on the block. And that's exactly what we had here. Stonehill 2-0, albeit against a pair of D2 teams, having their first true conference test against a Duquesne team that has won at least a share of five out of the last 11 NEC titles. After Stonehill scored on a Perry Shelburne 32-yard field goal on their very first NEC offensive series, Duquesne answered with a Brian Brusdowitz 24-yarder, and then the Dukes recovered a short kick, leading to Darius Parentis an eight-yard touchdown pass to Abdul Jenna to give Duquesne the 10-3 advantage after one. Five minutes into quarter two, Skyhawks quarterback Asher Karaha reads the defense perfectly. Mwah. Chef's kiss. He pulls the football back, holds on to it himself, and goes to the right, romps 30 yards to the end zone for the game-tying touchdown. Then in the final minutes of the half, Karaha was intercepted by Ryan Webb, leading to just a few plays later, Joe Mishler with a heck of a throw to Jenna for a 26-yard touchdown to put Duquesne on top at intermission, 17-10. to 10. Stonehill once again pulled even in the third quarter. Caraja goes up the middle and finds Will Diamantis from eight yards out, his first career score, and the game is tied 17-all. Duquesne then tried to take the air out of the place, going slow and methodical. An 18-play, 65-yard, seven-and-a-half-minute drive that took up over half of the third quarter, but they were stopped in the red zone. They weren't able to get in for six. They were forced to settle for a 28-yard field goal to go back up, albeit only by three. Two plays into the fourth quarter, the play of the game. From midfield, Karaha fakes the handoff to Jermaine Corbett and then goes deep down the near sideline and finds Corbett, who never stopped running. A 50-yard touchdown, and the Skyhawks are soaring into the lead 24-20. Stonehill's defense after that would go on lockdown. A pair of acrobatic interceptions. First, Kevin Porch tipping it to himself. And then with the Dukes backed up in the shadow of their own goalposts, looking for a last chance power drive in the final moments, Anthony LaMonica lunges out for the dagger. And the Stonehill Skyhawks, they're 3-0 for the first time since 2015 in a perfect batting 1,000, 1-0 in conference play. They down Duquesne 24-20. The Skyhawks are one of nine unbeaten FCS teams remaining through week five.
Jermaine Corbett piled up 193 all-purpose yards and scored the game-winning 50-yard touchdown reception in the fourth quarter. Caraja went 12 for 18, 149 yards and two passing touchdowns to go with one rushing score. And for the Dukes, Billy Lucas ran for 88 yards on the ground and Jenna caught touchdowns from both of Duquesne's quarterbacks. The Dukes fall to 1-4 and four and 0-1 and in league play. They will play Merrimack in the game of the week coming up this weekend. And we'll have more on Stonehill's statement win coming up later in the show. Elsewhere in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it was homecoming at Dwayne Stadium in North Andover as the Merrimack Warriors hosted the LIU Sharks in the league opener for each team. Now, remember last week, LIU was down 28-13 to Bryant. They battled back. They grabbed the lead in the final minute only to be beaten at the buzzer. Well, this week, they got off to a fast start with plenty of fireworks in quarter two. With the game tied at three, Derek Green found Tosin Oye-Kanme over the middle, wide open, untouched, into the end zone for a 15-yard score. Then the Warriors, they answered right back. Gavin McCusker went deep and hit a home run into Jakari Carter. Talk about wide open, 64 yards to square things back up. But the Sharks, they were circling the waters on the afternoon from their own 14. Pat Bowen puts on a couple moves and then runs right out of the camera shot. 86 yards to the house to give LIU the lead. They would add a field goal on top of it to go up 10 at the half. And then right out of the half, Michael Coney connected again. So a little bit of a role reversal from that game last week. It was the Sharks this time in the driver's seat with a 23-10 lead going into the fourth quarter. On the first play of the fourth quarter, a little play-action fake. McCusker to Hayden Fisher, 18-yard touchdown to get the Warriors back within a score. Under six minutes to go. Merrimack takes over in LIU territory after forcing a three and out with LIU backed up. They get a strong run of 21 yards on a second and five by Victor Dawson to set up first and goal at the four. And then on the very next play, they feed it right back to Dawson and he finishes off what he started four yards to the end zone, extra point. Good Merrimack back from two scores down to start the fourth. They're now in the lead. The Sharks in danger of seeing a win slipping away from their fins in the final moments, but they would have a chance. It's third and 14 now. Here we go. Pressure coming and Derek Green gets rid of the football. Somehow this is called a fumble on the field recovered by Merrimack. Merrimack runs out the clock and they survive the Sharks 24 to 23. Dawson carried the ball 26 times for 110 yards and a touchdown, and Carter went over 100 yards, including the 64-yard touchdown play. Headline number three, after four straight road games to start the season, the St. Francis Red Flash were finally back in their comfy confines at home at DeGaulle Field to take on the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils in our third conference game of the weekend. SFU already up 5-0 after one. Yes, 5-0 after one. And they broke it open with back-to-back -back touchdowns in the second. Cole Doyle, 29-yard touchdown pass to Makai Jackson. Fourth straight game for Jackson with a touchdown. He's the NEC leader in receptions, yards, and is tied for the lead in receiving touchdowns. Then on SFU's next series, they march 74 yards, and Lavelle Armstead runs it in from one yard out to give the Flash a 19-0 lead. With 109 left in the first half, Central's LaCroix Washington intercepts Doyle and runs it back 47 yards for a pick six TD 
to get the Blue Devils on the board. But after the teams traded touchdowns in the third, St. Francis would put it away for good. Two more scores coming in the fourth quarter. Doyle, six yards to Elijah Surratt, and Jordan Jackson running it in from seven yards out. St. Francis, they go to 2-0 and in league play for a fourth straight season with a 39-13 win over the Blue Devils. St. Francis wins their third straight game, all three wins coming by at least 19 points. The three-game win streak is their longest since 2016. Headline number four coming off their comeback win last week against Dartmouth, the Sacred Art Pioneers were back at home to welcome in Norfolk State. With the game tied at 14, the Pioneers unloaded 17 unanswered points, a Sam Renzi 34-yard field goal right at the end of the half to take the lead into the locker room, a Malik Grant one-yard touchdown run in the third quarter, and a Robert O'Donnell interception return touchdown from five yards out on a botched punt attempt. Sacred Heart extends their home win streak. They've now won 12 in a row at Campus Field as they knock off Norfolk State 31-14. to Marquez McCray, our guest last week here on the show, threw for 176 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for a score. Malik Grant had the three-touchdown game last week. This week, 24 carries for 132 yards and the touchdown. So again, 23 points for the Pioneers, their first three games of the season, but 69 points for Sacred Heart in their last two. I'm not sure they want a bye week because it seems like they finally figured out this offense thing. They definitely have the scoring touch but they are going to get a bye week. They're off this week. They'll be back at it on October 15th against undefeated Stonehill. And finally, a peek at the NEC standings. They have SFU atop the pack 2-0 in NEC play. Stonehill, Merrimack, and Sacred Heart all 1-0, while Duquesne, Wagner, LIU are 0-1 Central falls to 0-2 in the NEC. Time now for our top three stars of the week. And we start with number three, Sacred Heart running back, Malik Grant. He was our top star a week ago, and he was special again this week against Norfolk State. 24 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. The 132 yards, a season high, his third 100-yard rushing game of the season, and his second in a row. This week, Grant grabbed the NEC's rushing lead in both overall rushing yards and touchdowns. Number two, it's Merrimack running back Victor Dawson in the Warriors' home opener and conference opener. They came back from a fourth-quarter deficit to sink the Sharks, and Dawson was a big reason why, running for a season-high 110 yards on 21 carries. His four-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter was the eventual game-winning score, and it was set up by a pretty strong 21-yard run of his right before that. Dawson finished one yard shy of his career high from last year in the Holy Cross game, but his outing was strong enough to earn the second star of the week. And sticking with the running back theme, our top star of the week is Stonehill running back Jermaine Corbett. The junior running back in front of a national audience on ESPN3 helped the Skyhawks get off to a perfect start to their tenure in the Northeast Conference. He had 130 yards and a touchdown game one of the season against Bloomsburg, 95 yards and three scores against Post in game two. But after two weeks off, he accumulated 193 total yards this past weekend against Duquesne, 130 on the ground, 63 in the air. And he produced the eventual game-winning 50-yard touchdown reception on the second play of the fourth quarter. Corbett is the first Skyhawk to earn NEC Offensive Player of the Week. And he's our NEC football on the run top star for week five. 
And up next here on NEC Football on the Run, we are joined by our top star of the week, Stonehill running back Jermaine Corbett. Jermaine, thanks so much for taking some time and joining us this week here on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be a part of it. Now, you know, Stonehill's football program, brand new to the NEC, so may, not many people out there might not be too familiar with it, but uh, you guys are were picked last in the preseason poll, but I, I can't think of a more perfect start than what you guys got out to on Saturday, knocking off a team like Duquesne that has five championship trophies in their trophy case. So, you know, how, how did it happen? What were the keys? How did you guys come away with the win? Um, well, you probably see my ESPN interview. I think it, I think it starts in practice. Uh, my coach, my, our running back coach harps on literally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, should I say. But those four days are key to winning a game. And I think that as long as we keep going and practice, practice is going to show in the game every every time. Now, now going into this game, did, did you guys, because it was the first one, first NEC game, did you guys feel like, you know, hey, we, we have to make a statement here. We have something to prove going into this? Absolutely. I feel like we had the burden because also a lot of people doubted us. So it was like, wow, like we got we got something to prove. Now, you, you talked about the practice and the, the, the days leading up to the game is where the real key is. And, and that's interesting because you guys had two weeks off, you know, prior to the, this game. So I'm wondering, what did you guys do during the two weeks? How, you know, what, what was the work that, that was put in behind the scenes that, that helped you guys get this W? Uh, well, those two weeks, we just practiced, literally focused, focused on, ourselves, on ourselves, literally. Got better at our techniques, um, our scheme, and that was really it. <laughs> that was literally really it. So you know, what were the team's approach the, for the first two games of the season? They were against division two schools. Um, you know, so maybe that was, was part of, you know, many teams doubting you as well. The fact that you didn't play, you know, any, any FCS teams, but you know, what were you guys able to take away from those first two games that maybe helped you, you know, going forward? Um, from the first two games, I feel like <sighs> I could say that those games, our first game was a good game. Bloomsburg was a good team. Um, I feel like we also didn't play our best football against Bloomsburg. But um, post, they were a new team coming into uh, the Division Two, And I feel like after after post, I feel like we, we sent the message around <laughs> the score of 76-0. I think you guys just scored another touchdown in that game. <laughs> Now, let, let's go to, to this this past game against Duquesne. You know, you, you caught a touchdown pass. That was really the key in the game. So what did you see there? It looked like they faked it to you, and you just kept running until they caught up to you. So, so what did you see on that play? Um, well, I see as, as I got the fake, I seen that the linebacker was screaming at me, screaming at me. His angle wasn't so good, so I literally just kept running, kept running, kept running. And our quarter, Asher Karaha, just threw it over top, landed in my hands, and just kept running. I saw once you got to the end zone and celebrated, I, one of the Duquesne players uh, tapped you on the helmet, said, do you remember what he said or, or were you just too um, busy celebrating? Nah. <laughs> I don't really remember, but he looked at me and just smiled. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, you got him. That's right. That's all you can do. Um, what was the vibe like on campus? You know, first NEC win in front of the home crowd, 3-0 and to start the season. Could, could you guys feel the buzz? We, de definitely. <laughs> our people, our, fa our fans started – to feel us more, they were like, okay, Stonehill's going to be very good. Now, after tailgates were just fun, just living, just living, having fun, worried about the next. 
Now your, your quarterback, uh, Asher Karaha, he's, he's a young quarterback, but just watching in the, the, especially the fourth quarter key moments of that game, it's he seems so, you know, composed and poised and, and held together for a young quarterback. What was he like in the huddle leading the offense? Um, he's, I think he's very calm. He plays very calm. He doesn't stress, doesn't overdo anything. Then, and I think that's the key. Uh, once you start overdoing and stressing, that's where bad things start to happen. Now you, you guys are off this week. So you know, three and four weeks, I mean, you guys take more vacations than I do, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but after that, you know, things really get down to business because you get the two time champs, uh, sacred heart right after that. So, you know, what, what's next for the Skyhawks going forward? What are some of the goals? How far can you guys go this season? Uh, we're trying to go all the way. <laughs> we're trying to go. All the way. I mean, we know we can't go to playoffs, but it's still a conference title to be won. So absolutely. We're definitely going to try to get that. I, I don't know how anybody can doubt you guys now after what you guys just did, you know, anything's possible. So it, it's going to be great absolutely. to see going down the stretch. We're going to get you out here with some rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, Jermaine. Perfect. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite pregame meal, either the morning of a game or the night before a game? Um, Night before a game, I like to go Chipotle. I'm a big Chipotle guy. That's Definitely. an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, who, who's, who's your favorite player to watch play, either currently playing or it could be someone from the past? Um, Currently, Saquon from the past. I could definitely say like a Marshawn Lynch or maybe even Adrian Peterson. Okay. Now, we know Stonehill scored a lot of points this year, a lot of touchdowns. So this is kind of like a trivia question. Do you remember who scored Stonehill's first touchdown of the season? Back against this Bloomsburg. Season? Yep. Oh, uh, was it me? It was oh, you. Not Nine-yard touchdown <laughs> in the second quarter. Like, you got yeah, it. Definitely. Now, uh, we just mentioned vacations. If you could actually go on a vacation during any of these off weeks, where anywhere in the world, where would you travel to? Where's the dream spot? Uh Probably, probably Hawaii. <laughs> Definitely that's a, Hawaii. That's a, Duke, Duquesne just came back from Hawaii. They played a game there the other week. Um, and, and finally, you know, this, this is a, a question just for me. I haven't been to Stonehill. Hopefully I'm headed up there real soon. But where's the, the go-to place to eat that's either on campus or close to campus? Where, where's the best food if I head up there? On campus, I can definitely say um, it's a cafe. It's called Gigi's Cafe. It's pretty good. It's in our new business building. Off campus, you could probably go Little Sammy's or Giorgio's, right, two I'm very not, good restaurants. I'm definitely taking notes, and hopefully a lot of people that are going to come out and see the Skyhawks uh, you know, over these next couple weeks, hopefully they take notes as well, because uh, you know, obviously getting getting fueled up is very important. Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us here today, and, and best of luck to you and the Skyhawks the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. He's Jermaine Corbett, our top star, and this week's guest here on NEC Football on the Run. Thanks, Kyle. Now moving on to this week's stat chat, we spotlight LIU sophomore kicker Michael Coney. Coney played both soccer and football at Wontaw High School in New York State. Last year, he appeared in a handful of games for LIU, mainly handling kickoffs while Paul Anzarillo handled the field goals and PATs. But it's Coney's spot this year, and he has been great. He didn't get his first field goal try until week three this year against Kent State. And that first try, he missed it from 35 yards out. But he's been perfect ever since. Nine straight made field goals for Coney, including an NEC record tying five field goal game last week 
against Bryant, which is the single game high for a kicker in the FCS this year. He added three more field goals this week against Merrimack, including a career-long 47-yarder for the second straight week. Coney was named the NEC Special Teams Player of the Week, and his 90% field goal percentage is good for top 15 in the nation. Some eye-popping special teams numbers and a great start to his career. Michael Coney, the subject of today's Stat Chat. Now, this week's schedule is a little on the lighter side, only three games. Here's what's coming up on tap. At 1 p.m., the Wagner Seahawks will look to find the win column against the Columbia Lions. The Lions have won all three prior meetings between the two schools, but the last two games have been two points and three-point affairs, respectively. Wagner is looking for their first win over an Ivy League school since a 2010 victory over Cornell. Now, speaking about the Ivy League, Brown will travel to New Britain to take on Central Connecticut State this weekend for a 1 p.m. kick. Central is looking for their first win over an Ivy League school since an October 2017 win over Penn, and they're looking for their first win here in 2022. And finally, the lone conference matchup this weekend will be a 1 p.m. kick on ESPN3, our game of the week, featuring the Duquesne Dukes looking to rebound as they host the Merrimack Warriors. Now, these two teams come in at opposite ends of the emotional roller coaster that is the long journey of a football season. Merrimack having just came back from down two scores going into the fourth quarter to win their league opener against LIU and Duquesne, who were just upset against the new kids on the block Stonehill last week on ESPN3. Now, Merrimack has been playing with a redshirt freshman quarterback. Gavin McCusker has been their signal caller for the last two weeks, and he's filled in admirably. Plus, the other playmakers alongside of him on both sides of the ball have stepped up. Victor Dawson has a rushing touchdown each of the last two weeks. Jakari Carter has passing and receiving touchdowns over the last two games, and the defense has recorded 11 sacks over the last two weeks. The Merrimack defense is number one in the league right now, leading the league with 18 sacks, while Duquesne gives up the fewest sacks on the season with just five. So that'll be an interesting battle to watch in the trenches. The Warriors are 3-2. and two. They've won their last two games, and they're 1-0 in league play. Meanwhile, on the other side, Duquesne, the team picked second in the preseason poll. They're a disappointing one and four. They've lost two in a row, and they're sitting winless in the NEC right now at 0-1. Well, that'll just about do it for this week's episode. We thank Jermaine Corbett for stopping by. He's the leader of this Stonehill ground game that is number one in the NEC, averaging 233 rushing yards per game. And he helped lead Stonehill to a statement win over Duquesne this past Saturday. Now, this week, they're off for the third time in the last four weeks. As I mentioned with Jermaine, they've, they've taken more vacations this last month than like I've had in the last 10 years. But say what you want. They're 3-0. 3-0 is 3-0. And they have the two-time reigning champion Sacred Heart in their sights when they return to action coming up on October 15th. Now, this week, as we mentioned, it's a huge fork in the road game for Duquesne. Which direction do they go as they take on the Merrimack Warriors, who have been banged up the last two weeks, but have still found ways to win? It should be a fantastic matchup, and we'll be right back here to break it all down for you next week. Until then, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.